Welcome back to the latest edition of Until Saturday. We have been, what, back at potting for three days now total, and we're already into the breaking news segment of the season. Uh, Big Ten media days are around the corner, and whenever Big Ten media days are around the corner, that means there's a big story that has to break like the day before. Right, Austin? I'm here with Austin Meek, our Michigan beat writer, and some big news. Why don't you take us through uh, your morning uh, on Tuesday, July 25th? Yeah, so uh, this morning when I got up, I was seeing a little bit of stuff floating around out there about potentially a, a resolution coming on this NCAA infractions case that's been happening at, at Michigan just as as background. So we found out in January that Michigan had received a draft notice of allegations from the NCAA uh, with respect to an investigation that had been going on for a period of, of more than a year about some alleged recruiting violations in Jim Harbaugh's program. The most serious part of the allegations was uh, a level one charge against Jim Harbaugh for allegedly misleading investigators in the course of that investigation. So there's been this ongoing uh, process with Michigan and the NCAA, and the expectation was that at some point before the season, we would find out about penalties for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, A suspension in the season was was expected. Uh, And so we found out this morning that they are moving forward towards a resolution that would include a four-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh. So Michigan fans might have to wait a little bit longer than they expected to see Jim Harbaugh on the sideline with this Michigan team. Well, it's an interesting dynamic because I remember in January, I, I wrote a column about how the NCAA accusing him of lying or whatever felt like tattoo gate back in the mm-hmm. gym. And maybe they should rename the the rule violation after Jim Trussell, who eventually lost his job for lying to the NCAA. But Jim Harbaugh at the time, if I recall this correctly, didn't admit to lying and has fought against that notion. So I, I see the wording in, in all of the uh, stories that are written and in, including yours about this, that they are negotiating or working toward a resolution. Is this, uh, you know, Michigan and, and the NCAA throwing the ball back and forth, trying to get to a reasonable conclusion here in your mind? Yeah, I, th- I think the fact that we're finding this out now and the fact that the season is just you know a month away tells us that they must be pretty close to the finish line on this. Uh, and this has really been, I think, pretty close to what was expected from the time that we first found out about this investigation several months ago. But it was just the fact that back then, back in January, it seemed that Jim Harbaugh was was determined to try to fight this and was not going to just uh, sign on the dotted line and accept whatever penalties uh, the NCAA wanted to put on him. And so how they got to this point, I don't know exactly, but I do think it's significant that that it's not just Jim Harbaugh that we're hearing mm-hmm. about today, but also some members of his staff, which which uh, was something that wasn't part of the, uh, the story initially. So... Um, I, hey, you look at Michigan's schedule early in the season. I don't think this is going to like you know derail their season or anything. But it's certainly a you know it's a, a significant thing when you think about Jim Harbaugh and Sharon Moore, his offensive coordinator, uh, and also some other members of his staff. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the first four games of the season here, Austin, and uh, it's Eastern or East Carolina is Week One, UNLV Week Two, Bowling Green Week Three, Rutgers Week Four, all at home. And I'm looking at everybody kind of mocking this of like, I wonder how they came up to the conclusion of four games. And it's like, I think Michigan will probably be 30 point favorites or more in all those games. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a lines maker, but it kind of seems <laughs> like that. Um, but my thought process on this, and I, I want you to, to rein me in here because I'm going to write after we're done here is that 
this whole NCAA thing, you know, with the, with the lying and the interviews and all this stuff with all the stuff that has gone on with NIL and the major stuff that's actually happened at other programs is pertain like that go from cheating in college football to like actual real life catastrophes, you know, and I'm not going to list them off, but I think you can put, put those two together that we're so past this notion of having to care about these types of things. Like is the penalty just in your mind uh, if it does turn out to be four games or does that seem too harsh? Uh, You know, and it's kind of funny because we're what 10 or 15 years removed from Jim Trussell losing his job. And that's what everybody's going to frame this as. And now I kind of feel like four games is too harsh for something so minuscule. It's, it's funny how our perceptions change, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, won't it be nice when we get to the point in college football where we never have to talk about or write about another NCAA investigation. I mean, I I think that that day is probably coming. I don't know how far away it is, but yeah. I mean, when you think about just the way the sport has evolved over the last decade or so, going back to the Jim Trestle situation, I mean, there's a point in time when being under NCAA investigation was like a big deal, like a really big deal like like you said a fireable offense uh and now it's just sort of like you know a slap on the wrist you know it's a it's kind of a minor story i mean the fact that jim harbaugh is potentially not going to be on the sideline for four games i mean that that's certainly relevant i mean it's, Mm -hmm. it's certainly you know something that matters if you're a michigan fan or a college football fan uh but it is a you know it it is just a kind of weird juxtaposition of the things in in college sports now that can result in a penalty like this versus all of the things right now that the NCAA just has zero power to control uh, or influence. And it's just, you know, the whole sport is in a weird, a weird place. And I look forward to the point in time uh, when the structure of the sport makes a little more sense, but right now this is what it is. And Jim Harbaugh has got to play by those rules, I guess, because he, he's a college football coach, but you certainly can understand why in some of these cases, it doesn't seem like the penalty fits the crime. Yeah. Okay. So here, Austin, cause we haven't outlined this yet. I think it's important. So Michigan faced or faces four level two violations and one level one violation. Uh, the level one is the big one. Like you said, that's the, uh, either lying or providing false information to the NCAA under an investigation, um, the NCAA found that he failed to cooperate with investigators um, related to a level two violation regarding contact with two prospects during COVID-19, which I guess if we would have gone back two years ago, that'd be a pretty serious thing. Um, but even then, like this contact mean impermissible contact with recruits in person during that time. Um, and then, of course, afterwards, the corroboration of whether or not that actually occurred seems to be murking the waters here. Do we have any sense of who the recruits were or when it was or any of that notion, or is it just kind of like you broke the rules during the COVID dead period and you weren't coming forward with how you broke them at the time? Well, you've heard the story, right? The the yeah. story that was quickly accepted as gospel, I think by every Michigan fan that Jim Harbaugh went to the Brown jug and bought a burger for a recruit during the dead period. Right. I want to be clear. I don't personally know if that is the whole story or if that is the story, I mean, it certainly has been embraced as like the narrative basically of, you know, to, to make fun of the NCAA basically, like look at what they're doing over, you know, buying a, I heard it's a great burger too, pal. (laughs) It is is a good burger. Yeah. You got to come to town. You got to try the burger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But look, whatever it is, it's not, if it comes out, you know, whatever the underlying violations were, I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to shock anybody who is familiar with college football. It, it, it's not anything super egregious. It, it's just the, 
you know, the fact that if the NCAA has evidence that Jim Harbaugh wasn't forthcoming or misled investigators during the investigation, then that's where you get to the level of something that he potentially could serve a suspension for. Yeah. Um, but, you know, small potatoes. I th- it, my like the, the actual lesson from this, Austin, is that if he would have been like, yeah, I went to the brown jug and I bought the kid a burger like that probably would have been a one game suspension or a secondary violation. I don't know. Listen, I know that it was a very serious during the pandemic of seeing mm-hmm. people in person like that yeah. was like we weren't allowed. I was afraid to leave the house for a certain period of time at the beginning there where it was like, you know, you're a public safety threat if you go out. And, you know, I understand the, the significance of that. But in the wake of the Tennessee violations that just got uh, you know released in the last you know few weeks and, of course, the last year, it's it's a uh, it seems like small potatoes to me. And it's just kind of like I'm at the end of my rope of feeling like I have to give a crap about any of this. And like that to me is so interesting because the first year that I was a a reporter out of college, Austin, I covered Ohio State during the Tatgate situation. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I go back and I think about it. It was such a it was so overwhelming. Like I felt like I was covering like a murder trial or something because it was like so like I feel like I'm not cut out for this business because I can't, you know, stay on top of, you know, all the things that are happening here. And Jim Trestle's an awful person and. Terrell Pryor should be thrown in prison for doing whatever. And like, really, when you boil that down, it was just Jim Trestle not being honest to the NCAA. All the things that mm-hmm. actually occurred were secondary issues. So my my question, I guess, and, and Jim Harbaugh is going to always, um, you know, walk or dance or whatever to the beat of his own drum. But why do people even feel the need to lie to NCAA anymore over something this dumb? Like, you know, four game suspension, I guess, is a is a is a tough pill to swallow if you're a Michigan fan who wants to see their team at optimum peak. But like also they couldn't lose this game in a million years, any of those first four. So who really even cares about the penalty? Hopefully he just accepts that. My opinion is just like, get the four weeks over with and like, let's, let's let's not talk about this anymore. Yeah. I mean, if you know Jim Harbaugh at all, or if you've ever even you know spent any amount of time listening to Jim Harbaugh, he is not the type of person who is going to like, you know, sacrifice a principle that he believes in for some type of like expedient solution, right? He is the person who is going to, you know, completely die on the hill of whatever his principle is. So if his principle here is that he didn't think he lied or he didn't think he did anything wrong, or he disagreed with the way the NCAA was framing this situation, he's exactly the type of person who is going to, going to fight it. And I don't know exactly what's been going on back and forth between the two sides. Uh, But the fact that we're finding out about this now, just a few weeks before the season tells you that he didn't just, you know, take whatever they wanted to give him. Like he, he did stand on principle here, at least for a little while. Yeah. I would love to know the intricacies of that because the Brown jug story does seem kind of cut and dry. You can't buy (laughs) recruits things and you can't see them in, in COVID. So I'd love to know like what it is, but Jim, Harbaugh strikes me as the type of guy who would spend $10,000 to prove his point in small claims court. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He so was dragging was the whole file of receipts, like every little thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But was it paid cash? Did he bring his card? Did he use points? Like, I don't know what, what happened there, but uh, Austin, is there anything that you think that I'm forgetting to ask? Cause I always want to Dave Ubbin taught me this when, when you're doing an interview or you're talking to somebody who's more, Uh, plugged into a situation always ask am i forgetting something is there something bigger here um or is this kind of just like okay it is what it is and we'll move on from there i mean i think the big question when all of this came out initially back in january was what does this mean for jim harbaugh's future at michigan and jim harbaugh's future as a college football coach and there were a lot of people i talked to at that time 
who felt like this could be the last straw for Jim Harbaugh as a college football coach. Like if he wanted to go to the NFL before the fact that now he's dealing with this BS with the NCAA mm-hmm. might, might be the thing that ultimately and when drives you say him. last straw, you don't mean from Michigan getting rid of him. You mean him no, 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 no. To be here. Yeah, exactly. With Jim Harbaugh, you know, wanting to continue to be a college football coach, knowing that he's already expressed that he has that itch to go back to the NFL. Now there hasn't been an NFL job for him. And I don't know if there will be at any point in the future, but if there is, I can't imagine that sitting at home on his couch or wherever he's going to be during these four games or whatever it is, is going to make him any fonder of, of being a college football coach in the current climate of the NCAA. Uh, yeah. I so, can just picture yeah. Jim Harbaugh at home, like watching the Bowling Green game and it's 63 to nothing in the yeah. second quarter. And he's just like, God, it was just a freaking burner, man. <laughs> All right, that, is, that is your assignment. You are going to stake out Jim Harbaugh's house on the first week of the season. Talk your way in there. Be on the couch with him. Like if anybody can do that, it is you. Well, I do think it is fascinating, Austin, when you see people who are serving suspensions in the Twitter era um, <laughs> who live tweet like during the event that they're supposed to be participating in. So I would love to hear uh, Jim Harbaugh's live analysis of the game that he's watching <laughs> from the couch. But, you know, this did seem like a quasi big deal in January. Um, I feel like a four game suspension people are rolling their eyes at because, you know, it is. um really winnable games. Uh, but I feel like it's a good solution to everybody. Four games is a long period of time. It's a quarter of the season um, or a third of the season. And uh, nobody's going to like really lose or anything because of that. And then of course, Michigan will be getting their coach back in time for hopefully an entertaining season and potentially a third uh, big 10 championship in a row. And if that happens, I think there will be NFL jobs. So it'll be something to monitor. Yeah. I mean, the, the good part about this from a Michigan perspective is, all of this is going to be way in the rearview mirror by the time the games actually matter. Because if you look at Michigan's schedule, like it's really not until November that the competition really starts to go up a notch. And by that time, it's going to be like a distant memory. So I think that's that's the best case for Michigan is like, get this out of the way, get it in the past, move on. And by the time the games really matter, uh, nobody's going to be talking about this. Austin, thank you so much for joining. This is your first until Saturday appearance, right? So, you know, we got to, you know, maybe there there's going to, there's going to be a lot more, I think in the next uh, few months, but thanks for indulging us for this quick news uh, segment. And I think that it's going to be an important way to react to uh, breaking news moving forward and to be able to contextualize it. Cause sometimes I think like I'm, maybe I'm not the smartest person in the world, but reading those clunky stories with all the NCAA language is just so kind of monotonous so being able to just break it down i think was great so i appreciate your time and i look forward to uh the season and of course the the shows we have coming up on until saturday's feed here in the next uh day or so thanks guys we'll catch you soon